Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Live, love, serve. Amen, amen. Woo, amen. I feel like I preached the sermon already. Um, but if you will turn with me to uh, the book of Joshua, uh, the 15th chapter, and I'm always so grateful to our pastor for giving me an opportunity to stand before you. Um, on today. So thank you, Pastor Mike. Amen. Y'all are something else. Okay. Joshua 15. Um, and today I'm going to be reading it out of uh, the, the King James Version and then the Message Bible. So Joshua 15, and we'll start reading at verse 13. And when you got it, say amen. Please open. I, now listen, I need y'all to open your computers, your phones, your lap, whatever you have that's going to take you to this scripture, your Bible, because we got to read this one together, y'all. Okay? So Joshua, amen, the 15th chapter and the 13th verse. I think they're going to put it on the screen too, but it'd be good to you can go ahead and bookmark it because you're going to be like, what? <laughs> y'all got it? Okay. And it reads, uh, Joshua 15, starting at the 13th, in the King James Version, it says, And unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which is in Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shezai and Ahiman and Talmai, the children of Anak. And he went up thence to the inhabitants of Debir, and the name of Debir before was Kirjath Saphir. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirath Saphir and taketh it, to him will I give Aksaw, my daughter, to wife. Read that again. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirajah Saphir and taketh it, to him will I give Aksaw, my daughter, to wife. And Othniel, somebody say Othniel, the son of Canaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And he gave him Aksaw, somebody say Aksaw, his daughter to wife. And it came to pass, as she came unto him, that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wouldest thou? Who answered, Give me a blessing, 
for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. Amen. Now let's read that in the Message Bible. It's the reason we have different translations. And it reads, Joshua gave Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a section among the people of Judah, according to God's command. He gave him Karath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the ancestor of Anak. Caleb drove out three Anakim from Hebron, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, all descendants of Anak. He marched up from there against the people of Debir. Debir used to be called Karath Sefer. Caleb said, Whoever attacks Karath Sefer and takes it, I'll give my daughter Axel to him as his wife. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave him his daughter Axel as his wife. When she arrived, she got him to ask for farmland from her father. As she dismounted from her donkey, Caleb asked her, what would you like? She said, give me a marriage gift. You've given me desert land. Now give me pools of water. And he gave her the upper and the lower pools. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Judah, clan by clan. Let's pray. God, we bless your name. We thank you, God. We love you, God. We are so grateful for all that you are, for all that you've done, for all that you're doing right now. God, thank you for this Women's and Girls Day where we acknowledge your love for women and girls, not just at FCBC, but all over this world. We thank you for the gift that we are to the kingdom-building work that you called us to do. Now, God, I pray that you would stand tall in me, that these, your people, would hear you more than they see me. And we give you praise and we give you honor, and we give you glory because it all belongs to you. And we lift this prayer in your mighty name, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And we say together, amen, amen. If you will remain standing, I just want to read verses 18 and 19. Uh, when she arrived and she got him to ask for farmland from her father, as she dismounted from her donkey, Caleb asked her, what would you like? She said, give me a marriage gift. You've given me desert land. Now give me pools of water. And he gave her the upper and the lower pools. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am 
a triple threat. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I am a triple threat. I'll give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats. I am a triple threat. You know, I'm, as I'm reading this text, one of the things that stood out to me as plain as day is the fact that Axel was a daddy's girl. She was a daddy's girl. Um, and I don't know if we have any daddy's girls in the building today. Can you raise your hands? Amen. Get, now, all the people that don't like them, amen, because you're the brother or the sister. <laughs> daddy's girls, they, they get a hard time. I, you know, I just became a daddy's girl in my 40s. I know. It's, it's a beautiful, I didn't know what I was missing out on. I had no idea. I mean, I wore this necklace. I hope my dad is watching today. He gave me this when I turned, when I was 43, just for no reason at all. It's just like, you know what? You a daddy's girl. I'm just going just gonna to buy you a necklace. Because that's how daddy's girls get it. Now, although I wasn't a daddy's girl, I had the opportunity to watch a daddy's girl in action. My daughter, Jasmine Walrond, a true daddy's girl. When I tell you this girl knows how to get what she wants from her daddy, she got it down pat. I remember, I'm just going to tell one story, Pastor. I love you, baby. I remember her being in college and, you know, Trey went to college. Amen. We, we, he had a weekly allowance. Trey made do with his allowance. Amen. Rarely called and asked. <laughs> Rarely called, asked for anything because he had his allowance. We told him to balance his budget and make it work. And Trey, Pastor Trey. He made it work. Can we celebrate Pastor Trey for <laughs> Jasmine Warren always had something more. This particular day she called me. Um, she says, Mommy, I'm, I'm having a birthday party for my birthday. I want you and Daddy and y'all to come up uh, for my birthday. Okay, that sounds good. All right, what you going to do? I'm happy. She told me all the details. Okay, that sounds great. And, and Mom. Um, can you give me some, some extra money? Cause I need to get, get some hair. Um, so I can get my hair done. And I said, well, Jasmine, how much is it going to cost for your hair and to get your hair done? She said, oh, about $200, $200. Jasmine Walburn, I am not giving you $200 to get hair for a, a couple of days a week. I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. Mom, please. No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Mom, I'll figure it out. Okay. You figure it out, Jasmine. Okay, that was our conversation. I go to my husband. I say, you're not going to believe this girl just called and had the nerve to ask me for $200 for some hair and to get her hair done. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, could you imagine? He was like, no, she already got her allowance. I said, that's what I said. He said, I said, I told her we ain't giving her no $200. He was like, absolutely. We ain't giving her no $200 to get her hair done. 
get, she got to figure it out. I said, okay. We get to Atlanta. The hair was looking good, y'all. It was looking good. It was looking good. Something about being a daddy's girl and daddies showing up for their daughters and their son is a tremendous gift. And I believe that in this text, we're dealing with Axaw, a daddy's girl, because the text tells us that Caleb had 15 sons, but only one daughter. I imagined that there was probably difficult growing up with all of those brothers, but it made it real easy for her to be a daddy's girl. And now in this text, we find uh, that the children of Israel had gone on to inhabit the promised land. Um, and Caleb is there in this text uh, drawn attention to because he is conquering the land that has been promised to him by Moses. Um, and he's there, he's conquering the land, but Caleb has gotten old, y'all. Uh, when they first went to spy out the land, he was 40, and now it's 45 years later. So Caleb is 85 years old, still fighting, still believing God, still going to war for what he believes is rightfully his. Uh, and so as he comes and continues uh, to inhabit the land that he's been given, there is another piece of land, Karafsafer. And Caleb, for whatever reason, says, listen, I'm not going to go take this land myself, but I want somebody to go and take it for us. And whoever goes and takes the land, I will give my daughter Axaw to be a wife to that man. Now, we read this text in 2023, and we got all kinds of problems with this text. I mean, who, he just going to give her away, and she don't get to choose. And what if he's not a good guy? And what if she's not even in love? And she's giving him, he's giving her away for a, the battle? Oh, but back then, it was very common. Um, for dads to make sure uh, to look out for their daughters by ensuring that their daughters would marry into a family that was going to take really good care of her. Um, and so we have to look at it a little bit different. It was the father's responsibility even to find the man and the family and then to arrange that marriage. Even uh, today, uh, you hear when we go to a marriage ceremony, who gives this woman to be married to this man? Right. So this goes all the way back to these biblical times where it was the father's responsibility. And so Caleb did it. He put it out there. Uh, he told the people, listen, whoever takes caress of her will get my daughter Axaw to be married. Now, Axaw, um, her name meant anklet. Um, an anklet was something that the women wore back then. It was a symbol of beauty. Uh, the biblical writers um, and, and those who wrote, wrote the text uh, and also in the Midrash say that Axah was so beautiful that the men would look at her and go home to their wives and be mad that their wives weren't as beautiful as Axah. That's what the Midrash says. So she was a beautiful woman and truly a prize. But Caleb knew that he could not just have his daughter marry anyone. He wanted to make sure she would be taken care of. And the best way to do that, being in a land that wasn't a friendly territory, was to make sure she married a warrior. And that's what he did. 
He put the call out and Othniel, actually his brother's son, uh, rose to the challenge, went out and conquered the land and came back. And Caleb, a man who was true to his word, gave his daughter Axah to be married to Othniel. And I realized as I read this text that, that Othniel had to give a bride price for Axah. And that price was to conquer the land of Karath-Safer. So he didn't just get her for nothing. So I just want to put a pin note here to say to all of us, the men and the women, don't give yourself away for nothing. You are worth something, but you've got to know your worth and you've got to know what you deserve. Don't give yourself away for nothing. Don't give yourself away for crumbs. You are worth more. So make sure you are in a situation where you are giving and getting what you deserve because you are valuable. You are more than a conqueror. You are unstoppable and deserve to be in a place where you are being honored. Uh, and so there it is in the text. Axel is given to Othniel in marriage. Othniel goes on to become the first judge of Israel. That's another story for another day. But it started here with this marriage of these two young people. Um, I like this because this text doesn't really give all the details. It doesn't talk about what happened uh, when Othniel came back to say, I've conquered the land. We don't get any uh, information about the wedding, what it looked like, how long it was. It goes right into uh, Axar saying to Othniel, listen, go to my daddy and ask him for some land. Um, and it doesn't even tell us if Othniel actually did it or not, because the next verse says that she then um, went to her dad and asked for more land. And I like it uh, because this is her doing something that has never been done before. This is Axel walking uh, in her creativity walking in her courage, and walking in her confidence. And that's what makes her a triple threat. Somebody say she was a triple threat. Um, she had the audacity to imagine a new possibility for herself. If you go back and read all of this text, which goes back to the beginning of Joshua in the distribution of the land, you will see that no woman was given land. Land was only given to the men. So she had some nerve asking for something that had not been done. There was no woman who had ever been given land. I think that's why she told her husband, listen, you go ask daddy for the land. Because it had not happened. No woman is recorded as being given allotment in the land. But she would not be defined by the rules of her day. She knew who her daddy was. She knew that possibilities abound. So she used her creative imagination and said, what if I could be the first woman given property by my daddy? And she got together with her husband and said, listen, this is how we're going to do this. I'm a daddy's girl. So it's hard for daddy to say no to me. And even though I'm asking for something that's never been done before, asking a father to give inheritance to a daughter, I believe that you and me together, we can do this. And so they did it. They went and asked for the land and he gave him the land, but the land that he gave was parched land. 
Um, but the key is she used her creative imagination to even imagine a future that she had never seen before. And some of us, if we want to be a triple threat, have to begin to use our creative imagination to imagine a future that we've never seen before. I know things are tarred now, but that is not your final destination. I know you might be going through it now, but all things are possible with God. We've got to begin to imagine when our back is up against the wall to find a new way to come out. When the door is closed, we got to find a new way to go around it. When the mountain is in front of us, we got to put on our hiking boots and climb over it if it won't move. We've got to use our imagination and our creativity to imagine something new. And that's what she did. Not only was she creative, but she was courageous. Because creativity only involves your thinking and your imagination. If you stop there, you will never accomplish your goal. In order to accomplish your goal, you need not only creativity, but you need courage. You need courage to move forward, to shift, to change your position. She was courageous in her position and in her disposition. Uh, and so King James would say um, that she got off her ass. I didn't say that. But King James said that. But I want to say to y'all, sometimes we got to get off some things in order to make some things happen. You got to get off those things that you've been riding, those things that make you comfortable, those things that make you secure. You got to get off your donkey, amen, and do something different, right? She got off the donkey, amen, hallelujah. Y'all with me? Y'all still suck on that other word. See, that's why I had to read it in the King James. Is you got to get off some things in order to make some things happen. You can't keep dreaming about it and not doing anything. You can't keep thinking about it and not taking a step forward. You can't keep making a plan but keep sitting in the same place, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You got to get off some things so that you can make some things happen. I'm talking about courage this morning. She was creative. She had the audacity to imagine something new. But she was also courageous because she had the courage to go forth and do. She went forward, and I like the text because it was like daddy saw her coming. Uh, she got off that donkey and started walking toward him, and he said, what do you want? <laughs> Have y'all ever seen that? I don't know. I've seen pastor say, Jazz, what you, what you want? It's something about the look on the daughter's face that the daddy knows that she's about to ask for something. So he says, what do you want? And I like that not only she had, not only was she creative and not only was she courageous, but she was confident. Ah, oh, when she was in that position to speak her truth and say what she wanted, she did not shrink back. She was confident. Um, she used her words and asked for what she wanted. Daddy, you gave me some land, but you gave me the desert land. You gonna do me like that? Give me the desert land, no water. How are we supposed to take care of the livestock? How are we supposed to grow gardens? How are we supposed to water the plant? How are we supposed to live and drink and bathe if you put us in the middle of a desert? I think she was, had a little attitude. Daddy gave you what land? The desert. No, 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 no. We got to fix this. And so she asked him, I need the land. Okay, I'll take the land and thank you for the land, but we need water. Can, can you give us some water? 
And, and the text says that Caleb gave her not only the upper springs, but gave her the lower springs too. I need y'all to understand how, how ingenious this woman was by asking for water. Because when you ask for water, it's not like somebody's going to come and bring you three buckets. The water wasn't sitting by itself. It was on land. So when she got more water, she got more land. And I like this because she asked her father for the water. But the father not only gave her the upper springs, which represents the upper region, but also gave her the lower springs as well. So she got really double what she asked for because that's how daddies do when they show up in the world. They will give you even more than you originally asked for. She told him, why, like, daddy, I'm not being greedy. That's not what it is. I'm not trying to have all the land in the world. I just need land enough to sustain me and my family and the community that's going to be built where we live. And Caleb says yes and gives her this land. And she's able to move forward being a triple threat because she moved forward being creative, being courageous, and being confident. Some of us got to get our confidence back. We've been silenced for too long. We've been made to doubt ourselves and believe we don't deserve the best of everything. But the devil is a liar. Our God is rich in houses and land and owns the cattle of a thousand fields. And we deserve everything that we get. We deserve everything that we get. We're getting stuff our ancestors worked for and couldn't get. We deserve everything. So some of us have got to speak up and start asking for what we need. We've got to speak up and start demanding what we need. We've got to use our voices and reclaim our humanity by knowing what we deserve. Somebody say she knew what she deserved. So y'all know me. I'm a little quirky. I like to talk to the people in the Bible sometimes. And sometimes they talk back to me. So I, I, there's so many missing pieces in this. I, I wanted to have a conversation with Axel. So I was like, Axel, girl, how was it that you used your creativity, your courage, and your confidence to lead you to ask for the springs, which ultimately meant asking for more water? I asked her, I wanted to know. And she said, Lakeisha, because I call her Axel, she calls me Lakeisha. Lakeisha, it's three reasons. Three reasons. And then I'm going to be out your way. She said, first, uh, it's because I knew who my daddy was. See, my daddy was a part of the spies that were sent out to, to spy out the land to see uh, if Israel could take the land. And when the 12 spies came back, 10 of them, were afraid because of the Anakim who were giants, but really they, we made them bigger than what they were because we were really looking at their shadows. Um, but those 10 said that we can't do it, but it was me, it was, it was Caleb and Joshua who said, yes, we can take the land. So I knew that my daddy was faithful and I knew that my daddy was brave and I knew that my daddy was bold and I knew that my daddy trusted God and I knew that my daddy was not fearful and I knew that my daddy loved me. And because of that, I had the courage to ask. 
because I knew who my father was. And because I knew who my father was, I knew who I was because the same blood that flowed through my father flowed through me. That same courage that flowed through my father flowed through me. That same boldness that flowed through my father flowed through me. That same faith that flowed through my father flowed through me. So I knew who my daddy was and that means I knew who I was sometimes. You got to know who you are. And sometimes you got to know who your people are. You come from people who were survivors and thrivers. People who fought the good fight and finished their cause. People who refused to die no matter how brutal it was. People who believed in a new future even though they were being beat in their head. You come from a courageous people. You come for people who know what it is to sweat uh, and bleed and still get up and go and make good things happen. You come from good stuff. <laughs> gotta know who you are. Tell your neighbor you gotta know who you are. I said, oh man, Axel, that's what's up. I, I like that. She said, that's not all, Lakeisha. I said, okay. She said, and I like this one. I knew that my daddy had the land to give to me. What does that mean? Well, if you go back, Pastor Lakeisha, she was a little sarcastic then. If you go back, Pastor Lakeisha, to the previous chapter, in chapter 14, you will see that when Moses gave the allotment of the land and Joshua was there distributing it to make sure that everybody got what they were supposed to get by clan and by tribe, my daddy came forward uh, because he's a part of the tribe of Judah and said, uh, Joshua, thank you for the land that you've given me as a part of being a part of the tribe of Judah. But if you remember 45 years ago, when me and you went before Moses and all the community. And we told them that we could take the land and the 10 spies said we couldn't take the land. And because of their report, it's taken 40 years to get to the promised land instead of us going over right away. You remember that day, Joshua? Joshua said, yeah, I remember that day. Well, on that day, Moses told me that wherever my foot had touched, I would get that land in addition to the land that I'm getting with my tribes. And so my daddy, in the 14th chapter, the previous chapter, Pastor Lakeisha, went uh, and took all of Judah with him to Joshua to refresh Joshua's memory to let him know that I was made a promise. And I'm coming 45 years later to collect on the promise that you made. Let me just say, it's never too late to go and claim a promise. It's never too late to go and get what you know is rightfully yours. It's never too late to go back. Tell somebody, go back and get it. I don't care if it's been five years. I don't care if it's been 10 years. I don't care if it's been 20 years. For him, it had been 45 years, and he went back, and he got it. So I knew, based on my daddy's inheritance, what he had. And because I knew what he had, I knew what I could have. And then she stopped and she said, Pastor Keisha, if you're going to talk about this on Sunday, make sure you tell the people to be careful 
not to ask people for things they cannot give you. See, I asked for it because I knew he had it. But sometimes we ask people for things that they don't have the capacity to give us. And sometimes it's not because they don't love us or they don't see us. They just don't have it. If you go and ask somebody for a million dollars, but they only got a hundred, you're not going to get the million because they can't give you what they don't have. If you're looking for somebody to love you like they've never been hurt before, but they have been hurt before. They may not be able to give you what they don't have to give. So some of us are disappointed because we're expecting people around us to give us what they don't have. To I need somebody up here to recognize that we're frustrated because we're asking for things they don't have. That we're up crying at night because we're asking for things they can't give us. Be careful. Sometimes they're doing the best they can, and you have to determine if that's enough. But don't keep asking for the same thing. You've been asking for the same thing 20 years. Still mad about it. Why are you frustrated? It ain't got nothing to do with you. They don't have it to uh, Finally, she said, um, when I said to her, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Tell your neighbor, that's good. You need to take that home with you. Remember, it's going to save you some sleepless nights. It's going to save you some tears. I said, okay, Axel. Okay. Uh, you knew that he had it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, you knew who your daddy was, which made you know who you were. Um, you knew what your daddy had. Uh, which is why you thought about asking for what you wanted. But here's my last question to you, Axel. What made you so sure that he would give the land to you? Um, what made you, just because somebody's got something, doesn't mean they're going to give it to you. Uh, and she said, well, uh, it's because I wasn't afraid to ask because I wasn't afraid of a no. I say, you, what do you mean you weren't afraid to ask? I mean, no woman in Israel had ever been given an inheritance from her father. You were the first person to ask for that. She said, yeah, I was the first person to ask for land from my father, but I wasn't the first woman to ask for land from our father, our mother our creator. She said, don't you remember the daughters of Zelophehad? Y'all know about the daughters of Zelophehad? The daughters of Zelophehad, Melah, Milcah, Noah, Tirzah, and Haglah were women who were excluded from the distribution of the land. And when they were when they were excluded from the distribution of the land, they went before Moses, Eleazar, and the priests and said, listen, just because our father didn't have a son doesn't mean that his name should not continue to go on. 
So we want you to give us an inheritance based on what our father would have been given and not exclude us just because we're women. Um, and if you remember the text, Pastor Lakeisha, uh, they took their, their, their complaint to God to Moses, but really they weren't challenging Moses because Moses didn't make the law. So when they went to challenge Moses, talking about why we ain't getting no land just because we women, they were really challenging God. And then God told Moses to tell the daughters of Zelophehad that they were right in what they're saying. And so on that day, the daughters of Zelophehad were able to get an allotment of land, even though when God originally told Moses to give out the land, the women were excluded. I'm glad that I serve a God who can change God's mind. I'm glad I serve a God who can hear our petitions and move on our behalf. I'm glad I serve a God who doesn't have to be stuck, but who can evolve and do something different. So because I knew that history, and we all knew that history, because that was the first time any women ever got an allotment of the land. But you know I'm a daddy's girl. And I know my daddy is going to make sure that I get what I deserve because my daddy saw what happened with the daughters of Zelophehad. So when I asked him, I knew that he knew that we were both thinking about what happened back then. And because of what happened back then, I didn't have any fear of asking him what I desire right now. And she said, tell them to be careful not to talk yourself out of the blessing that you deserve. Because sometimes we second guess ourselves. Sometimes we say we're not good enough. We're, we're not whatever enough and talk ourselves out of a blessing. And then we go to friends who then co-sign our talking ourselves out of the blessing. Uh, be careful of the words if I were you. Because they're not you. And they don't know your story. And they don't know your pain. And they don't know your victories. And all they know is a little bit that you told them. But you know the whole story. And God knows the whole story. And that's why you can go to God and ask God for whatever it is that you need. That's why you can go to whoever it is and fight for the blessing that you know you deserve. You do not have to shrink back. You can be a triple threat. Walking in creativity, walking in courage, and walking in confidence. Tell your neighbor, you can be a triple threat. As I was closing my conversation with Axel, I said to her, this is good. This is so good. Because I can walk in creativity. And I can walk in courage. And I can walk in confidence of knowing who I am and who I serve. But here we're talking about you being a daddy girl. What about those of us who don't have daddies? What about those of us who don't know our daddies? What about uh, those of us who were mistreated by our daddies? What about those of us whose daddies don't have a field to give us? And as a matter of fact, when daddy died, put us in debt because we had to bury daddy. See, it's easy to talk to people that's got daddies when you're talking about being a daddy's girl. 
But what about those of us that didn't meet our fathers till later on? I, I, I didn't meet my father till I was 16. I didn't become a daddy's girl till I was in my 40s. What, what about those who are in their 60s and still haven't had that experience? Um, what would you say to them? And Axel said, well, I would say to them, even though you may not know your father, even though you may not be a daddy's girl or a daddy's boy, you can still be a triple threat. You can still have creativity. You can still have courage. You can still have confidence, not because of what you don't have, but because of what you do have. I was reading a book, The Alchemist, and I gave this example yesterday during Coffee and Conversation. The boy Santiago was walking in this man's house and he said to him, I want you to take this spoon. Take the spoon. Um, take this, I'm just gonna use the glass. Take this, take this, take this glass. Um, and put some water in it. No, that's not really a good, that's not gonna work. We're gonna take this piece of paper, we're gonna put a drop of water on it. He said, and I want you to go throughout my house. I've got lots of beautiful things to see. Go throughout my house, but don't let uh, the water fall out of the spoon. So make sure when you come back, you pay attention so the water doesn't fall out of the spoon. So he says, okay. And he goes and he walks around the house and he comes back and he comes back to the man and he says, here, yes. He said, I have the water that you gave me in the spoon. And he gives it to him. He says, oh, thank you. He says, did you see the beautiful rugs that I had? And Santiago said, no, I didn't see, I didn't see the rugs. He said, did you see the beautiful curtains that we had imported? He said, no, no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the curtains. He said, well, did you see the furniture we had, we had brought in? He said, no, I didn't, I didn't see the furniture. He said, well, how is it that you walked through my whole house and you didn't see the beautiful carpets and you didn't see the walls of the decorations on the walls and you didn't see the draperies and you didn't see the furniture? And he said, well, because you told me, you told me to, to not spill anything out of the spoon. And so my focus was on the spoon. And so he said, okay, I want you to, to do it again. Go through my house. And this time, yeah, keep the spoon because it's there. Keep the water in the spoon because it's there. But this time I want you to pay attention to the beauty of your surroundings. Because I bet there are things here that you've never seen before. There are things that you can touch that you've never touched before. There are things that you can taste to taste the wine that, that you've never even tasted before. So I want you to go and do it again. And this time, pay attention to the things that are around you. And I said, uh, he said, okay. And so Santiago went and this time he went and he looked around and he saw the beauty of the carpet and he saw the majesty of the walls and the decorations. He, he went and he had a taste of the wine. He saw the beautiful furniture, had a chance to sit in it and feel how it feels. And he came back to the man and he said, man, whew, your house is beautiful. He said, I can't believe I missed all of that the first time around. Axa wanted me to tell all of us that when we focus so much on the one thing, we miss everything else. When we're so focused on the one problem, 
We miss the beauty of the walls and the beauty of the, the, the carpet and the, the beauty of the trees and the beauty of the birds and the beauty of the sky and the beauty of the land and the beauty of the food and the beauty of the drink and the beauty of the people because we're miserable focused on the one thing. So you can continue to talk about how daddy ain't been there. How daddy let you down. He did. He let you down. How daddy wasn't there for you like daddy was there for your sister. That, that's true. That's true too. But how long will you stay focused on that instead of being encouraged that you are a triple threat, that you have confidence and you have courage, that you are creative. So she wants us to keep living and to keep loving and to keep serving. And to start looking around at what we do have instead of focusing on the one thing that we don't have. Because many of us have missed out on life focused on the one thing. And the reality is, it's just the one thing. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's painful. But when you look around, you realize it's just one of many things. So today, when we focus on what we don't have, or will we focus on what we do have? Will we focus on what we've lost? Or will we focus on what we have less? Because if we want to be a triple threat, then we've got to pour into the gifts that God has poured into us. We've got to start thinking new so that we can do new things, so that we can speak new thoughts, so that we can live the life that God has called us to live, not one of lack, but one of sustenance and one of abundance. My sister, my brother, my friend, you are and can continue to be a triple threat. You are a triple threat and you ain't even know it. Now that you know it. And what are you a triple threat against? You're a triple threat against dream killers and dream stillers. You're a triple threat against the people that don't believe in you, but you're still here. You are a triple threat. Walk in that anointing. Walk in that appointing. Walk in that gift. Walk in who God has called you to be. Lift your head up, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up that the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. You are a triple threat. Keep living. Keep loving. Keep serving. Keep creating. Keep walking in courage. Keep walking in confidence. There is nothing impossible with God. Amen. 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 Come on, watch you stand up all over the building. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to do a prayer today. I want to do a prayer today for those who need to stand tall in their creativity in their courage, in their confidence. I want to invite you to the altar so we can pray today. Come on, come on. That we need to remind ourselves of how powerful we really are. And I want to also call to prayer those who don't know their fathers or who don't have good relationships with their fathers because it's time for us to be intentional about the healing that's required for us to be made whole. 
It's not about uh, forgetting. It's about remembering. Not only remembering what happened, but remembering how you are an overcomer. That you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. That you are unstoppable. Look at you with your unstoppable self. Here today, in spite of what daddy didn't do. Here today, in spite of how he didn't show up. Still here today, stronger and wiser and better. Keep on living. Keep on loving. Keep on serving. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we bless your name. We thank you today, oh God, for these words that have penetrated our hearts. We are so grateful, God, that through you all things are possible. God, we thank you for the gifts that you pour into us. Some gifts that have been lying dormant for some time, oh God, but we activate those gifts now. We activate creativity now. We activate courage now. We activate confidence now, God. We activate the gifts that will push us forward and help us to stand tall and live the life you created us to live. And God, we thank you right now for hearts that are bleeding because of missing daddies. God, we thank you that you are our mother, our father, our creator that never leaves us, never forsakes us. But God, sometimes that doesn't take the place of the hole that's in our hearts. So we ask, oh God, that you fill us up with your love, with your goodness, with your mercy. Remind us that we are whole and complete and lacking nothing. Remind us that we are stronger and we are wiser and we are better. God, we release the guilt. We release the anger. We release the bitterness. We release the frustration. We release the doubt. We release the resentment. God, we release it in your name and in your power. And pray that instead of bitterness, you'll give us boldness. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we lift our hearts and we lift our spirits and our souls, our minds to you, oh God. And we say, have your way in our lives. We love you, God. We thank you for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory. And we say together, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give somebody a hug. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again.